Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Neonic Void Productions presents... Hello guys and welcome back to Spook Ocalypse. I am I'm your host, Cordelia. Oh, oh, oh it's gonna be one of those episodes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zio, the better, more attractive, handsome host. <laughs> Bitch. Bitch. I'm gorgeous. I'm gorgeous. Who are you trying to fool? Who the fuck are you trying to fool with that? My boyfriend. Shit? My boyfriend. <laughs> My man. Mm. <laughs> I got him fool. I got him bamboozled. <laughs> Those you know I'm a fucking troll. <laughs> this is one of those catfish cases that just worked <laughs> out for the better. <laughs> wow. Not even. Shut up. I hate you. He We're canceling the podcast. <laughs> We're canceling the podcast. <laughs> anyway, hi guys, welcome back to Spookocalypse. Uh, today we're going to be talking about two very good horror films: yeah. The Ritual and Hulu's Into the Dark episode Pure. So, first thing we're going to talk about is The Ritual, which you can watch on Netflix. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. We're going to be talking about these movies in detail. So if you don't watch these movies, you're going to get spoiled. But watch them anyway. Because, I mean, we are I mean, we go in detail with them, but, like, we don't go over literally everything. Yeah. I don't go so over, like, like, what color the trees were. Or, or the vibe. Or they used on their crowns and... Exactly. Shit like that, you know. Not like, not like she could anyway. But, yeah. you know... <laughs> you see this... Ganky ass shit I have to deal with every time. Uh, whatever. Classic case of I'm Beyonce and your Kelly Rowland just jealous of my talent and you just continuously oh. try to bring me down. Ta- talent. I'm girl. tired of it. And I'm girl. tired of it. Like my back fucking hurts <laughs> from carrying the fucking show. Girl, you wouldn't be having a show if it wasn't for me, honey. So who do you think <sighs> has to sit here and listen to, to all this shit? Oh. Oh like, my, my mind is caught on my art and my paintings and whatnot. I don't have time oh, to look behind a screen. Thank you. Oh, my God. Good hey, 
Hey, why don't you Could get never. Your... <laughs> Could never. <laughs> My God. I have to sit here and listen to her bullshit to edit this What's thing. the audacity? It's audacity, sweetheart, oh. if it's the truth. It's the truth. Classic case of I have no talent, so I have to bring the other talent down. Wow. 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 I'm just wow. kidding. We should build Such... each other up. Let's build each other up. I can see wow. your movie career going places. Um, your brother loves you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch there, homie. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Anyway, we're talking about the ritual. (laughs) We're talking about the ritual. So, the ritual is a movie on Netflix. is based on a book of the same name uh, that was written and released back in 2011 by Adam Neville. Neville? Oh my god, stop. No, not even. Don't (laughs) even spread those lies. This is a British horror movie, but you... I never thought, I mean, I knew it was about, I knew the characters were British, but it doesn't look like a, a traditional British-made movie. Because British films don't necessarily look like, doesn't have that Hollywood touch to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But this one did, and I was like, ooh, where? It was really polished. It was. It was it really was well very... thought out, though, to be honest. It really was. Yes, it was. It had, like, that little dash of, like, the witch yeah, very much of like the artsy fartsy type horror. Yeah, I appreciate that. Trippy. So this oh it's oh it's so trippy. Uh, so this movie is about five university friends. They meet at a pub, and they discuss their trip to Sweden. You know, like people do. They talk. They're drunk, talking about oh my god, we should go like to Sweden, and then. They leave said pub, and one of the friends wants to go into, the main character wants to go into a convenience store for more booze. Of course, he's already drunk, so you're just like, okay, cool, why do you want to get more booze? So, majority of the friends don't want to go, they don't, except for one that goes with him into this convenience store, or his gas station-like place, whatever. So, they're walking in, they're talking about some random bullshit, and... They, the main character picks up a bottle to go pay, and they turn and they see that the cashier is laying on the floor and she's beaten up. And they're like, oh fuck. So they turn around and they see these robbers coming out of the back with these other workers, and the main character panics and he hides. Uh, the robbers come up to, the, to his friend and they ask him to give him his wallet and all his cherished belongings. Uh, the only thing he doesn't give him is his ring, is his wedding ring. Yeah. Now I think this guy's engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not giving up this ring. So the robbers are like take the ring off his damn finger, and yeah. they're arguing. And then one of them comes up with a crowbar or a bat. And said, I honestly thought it was a machete, to be honest, because that shit was a. That's clean true. Cover. That's true. Yeah. A blunt yeah. object. We'll say a blunt object. I can't remember if it was a pipe rock machete. But a blunt object hits the guy in the forehead and he hits the ground hard and bleeds out. Yeah. And it ends with uh, that event happening and the guy is still hiding behind the shelf 
main character well, is not seen. Well, wait a minute. What? The after um you know the 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 friend is hit the first time the friend looks up, like picks himself up and looks at the friend like motherfucker do something. Yeah. And the friend's just watching him, and then the robber goes in and gets him again, and that's when he sees yeah. the pool of blood. Yeah. Fact so check. he dies. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> So that was the night that their friend, Rob, uh, not Rob. Oh my God, which friend was this? Luke. No, Rob. I was, was right. It was Rob. Uh, his friend Rob dies. And then six, and it jumps to six months later where uh, Luke, the main character, and his three friends go to Sweden. But they turn this into like a retreat and they decide to go, continue to go to Sweden in honor of Rob's memory. Uh-huh. So they still go with the trip. So they go hiking in the wilderness of northern Sweden. Um, and basically from there, the movie's about them hiking and these strange things start happening. Uh, nothing really happens weird at the start. Um, one of them injures their leg in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, injures his knee, so he's limping throughout the whole movie. That character reminded me of you. Of course he did, because I was like, oh God, Cordelia is going to say this looks like me. <laughs> and lo and behold, I was right. He's a dick, though. I'm not a dick. Um... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you better shut your mouth. <laughs> you fucking bitch. Don't shut your face. <laughs> so this movie... Being um, dead weight. Just yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm not dead weight, sis. I'm the mm-hmm. one that made this magic happen, thank you. Without okay, me, boy. you, could you okay. can you edit audio? I don't think so, sis. Motherfucker, I can Google that shit, YouTube that shit. Girl, you don't got the patience. I really don't. <laughs> that's why I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that's why you're doing all that shit. I'm low-key hella grateful that you do all that. <laughs> yes. At least I can humble myself. I mean, Take note. <laughs> yeah so they're hiking Dom is his name he injures his knee whatever and they stay and they of course sleep outside or sleep camp out uh, during the night for the first night and these weird things start happening Cordelia what could you on from here what happens what's good so basically they're making their trip back but with yeah. the friend having the injured knee the yeah. navigating friend, I forgot their name. Do you have their name? Uh, let's see. Which one is it? Is it Hutch or Phil? Those are the two names. I think it's Hutch. So he said, I think Hutch, so. I think so. Hutch suge- I suggests uh, they cut through the forest rather than hey, going hey, along hey, the... Hey, hey, hey. Okay. 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 Simmer the fuck down. Girl, Shit. you're the one stirring the pot. Continue. Shit. Damn. Shit. <laughs> Damn. Oh, stop it on. Anyway, so this friend suggests they cut through the forest to get through the town quicker. Mind you, because it was going to be like a 14-hour hike, and then with a dead weight, <clears throat> you know, dragging <laughs> along, it was just going to be like a longer trip, longer than what it needed to be. This girl's got jokes. Yeah. Comedy queen as well. Thank you. <laughs> One of my various talents. Mm, okay. 
anyways, you know, and um, most of the guys are like, nah, well, it's split, it's divided, you know? Yeah. One half, like, you know, wants to stay on the trail, and the other half was like, let's just take the fucking shortcut so we can get out of here quicker. Yeah. So, they walk through, and the main character, the smoker, um, notices the little symbols that are along the trees and whatnot, and yeah. they just keep pushing forward. And they come across a carcass that's hung up on the tree that's, like, disemboweled. And I a believe gutted elk? Was, yeah, an elk. And uh, they still see those symbols, but they keep fucking pushing forward. But that shit was did. fresh. That shit yeah. was fucking fresh. Yeah. So anyways, they keep going on forward, and then they come across a cabin. Mm-hmm. Random-ass cabin. And mind you, it's like pouring fucking rain, so I mean, they really have no other... Like, the navigating friend, he... Like he said, it's they, they picked the lesser of two evils. So yeah. they thought. So they're, you know, checking around the house, but the main character, the smoker friend, stays a little behind because he can hear stuff going on in the woods. Like, he hears, like, a roaring noise or something's, like, crouching around. Like, he hears something, but his friends believe that he's just kind of panicking a bit since they're, like, in the middle of the woods and there's really no signs of civilization anytime soon. Yeah. So, you know, the friends are all, like, checking out the house, and shit looks hella ancient. And they send one of the guys um, upstairs to, like, just scope everything out. And he kind of, like, freaks out a little bit, and he calls up all the other guys. And upstairs, there's, like, a... um, I don't even know how to describe it it was, it was like, like a, a fit it was like a it's a figure, figure like a torso with no what looks to be arms extended out and it's headless and it's made out of like bunches of wood and twigs wood and straw yeah yeah and the feet were like they look like duck feet to be honest yeah and that was kind of one thing that really stuck to me it's like it fucking had duck feet and yeah. um so that just kind of freaked out the guys a little bit. So, uh, anyways, I mean, they're talking about everything, and uh, they just they have to stay the night, even just a couple hours of sleep. And the smoker, I'm literally just going to call him the smoker because I didn't really Luke. bother to yeah. remember the names. So the smoker, like, can't sleep because he's tripping because he swears he still hears stuff going on outside. Yeah. And it's pouring rain, it's thundering, and then he's just watching outside and all of a sudden everything stops and there's like a bright light coming through the window. So he goes up to the window, he's looking outside, and then he opens the door to like go check it out. And it's like he walks back into the scene of where the friend, the, the liquor store robbery, where he sees his friend like is killed right in front of him. Yeah, he's reliving the and, trauma. Yeah, so like all as all that's going on, he kind of like freaks out, loses his shit, screams, and like everything just fades back to normal. But he takes a look at his chest, and it's like he has like five puncture wounds in his chest. He basically and walked he, into the trees that are having these weird spiky things out 
Oh, like, that's okay. my theory. Yeah, he kind of, he kind of started walking in there, and that's how he got those puncture wounds because he walked into the yeah. trees. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy. Well, that's a that's a good theory, but I personally believe it was that thing. But oh, we'll get into be. that in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. So he's like gathering his surroundings, and um, he collects himself, and then he hears screams. From the cabin. So he rushes into the cabin. He gets his flashlight and he's like shining it on the guys. And uh, the navigator is like, he was screaming, but he had pissed himself. The other yeah. dude, um, Zio, Zio's character, <laughs> is just like screaming, not screaming, but he keeps like saying the name Gale, who's his wife. But yeah. he is just like in this weird, like, you know. He's not aware of what's going on. He's just, like, lost. And then they're looking for the um, the other friend. And he goes upstairs to find his friend, butt-ass naked, praying to that figure upstairs. Yeah. And, like, the dude's just like, you need to get up, you know, come on, let's go. And the friend's just, like, disoriented. Like, I don't know how I'm up here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm praying to this yeah. thing. Which I found was fucking weird, to be honest. But, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that was odd. But, uh, they press forward. And then, um, do you want to continue? Like, fuck this shit. So they pack up their shit and they go. But as they're leaving, or when they leave, they, uh, the main character, the smoker, Luke, notices a figure amongst the trees. Dom doesn't think he thinks he's uh lying he doubts him and then of course they brought up the past and dom throws in luke's face about how they just let their friend die and basically that they blame him for his friend for their friend's death and dom and luke get go at each other's throats and he's like you know what you're a cat and dom's like you're a coward and luke and dom basically in their in their friendship right there he's like you're not my friend anymore because they, he, they, Luke feels terrible for what happened, obviously. it It's one of those things that kind of just haunts you for the rest of your life. And Dom kind of just rubs in it, rubs the salt in the wound, if you will, and just makes everything worse. How they all kind of feel that it's Luke's fault that he, that Rob died. When yeah. in reality, Luke was drunk. What could he honestly have done? Yeah. Personally. We really look at it. What could he have really done? Just you can't control what the outcome was. Exactly. Because he didn't walk out with blood all over him. Like he didn't try to do anything. Like he was a coward. Yeah, but it's like he was drunk as hell. Yeah, but I understand like why the smoker dude is feeling the way that he is because it's you know classic survivor's guilt a little bit. That's what I'm getting at least because he was like, I mean, I watched him you know, die in front of me, and if I were sober, that was something I could have done. Then again, I don't know, because, I mean, I didn't know how he was if he was sober at the time. But, I mean, it was just shitty, though, because, like, all the friends just look at the smoker dude, like, I mean, it kind of did look like you just left him out, you know, to dry, like, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So they leave the cabin and they find another place to sleep. They put up their tents and spend the rest of the night outside. Mm-hmm. 
Um, suddenly Luke is woken up by Phil's screams. Now Phil is the guy that he found naked praying to the figure in the attic of the, of the upstairs of the cabin. Mm -hmm. Uh, they wake up to his screams. Uh, they find out his tent, um, well, Phil screams while investigating, he finds, uh, the head navigator, navigator's tent is empty and partially collapsed and Mm -hmm. ripped to shreds. And there's Uh, like, yeah. And the three guys rush mm-hmm. into the woods to search for him, but by dawn they realize that they lost and it was able unable to locate the campsite. While continuing their search, huh? huh? Mind you, they heard his screaming. That's why they rushed into. Yeah, they heard him screaming. So they're like, "Okay, what the fuck?" So they go try to find him. They lose track of where they are, and by dawn they realize they lost and were able to find the campsite. While continuing their search for their supplies, they find their friend. Now, they find the navigator, Hitch, Hutch, hanging from a tree, impaled, like the elk was in the beginning. Yeah. So something, someone or something took him and hung him, impaled him from a tree, and he was high, he was pretty high up there. Yeah, he was up there. So they got his body down and they buried him amongst a bunch of twigs. Uh, they made a burial out of anything they could find. And then Phil, one of their other friends, is suddenly dragged by an unseen creature. Despite realizing the creature has been stalking them the whole time. So yeah. they realize the thing is fo- this thing is following them. And it took another one of their friends. Yeah. Um, Luke and Dom have no choice but to run for it. The creature giving chase. And during this whole time, you don't see the creature. You see little glimpses, and that's about it. Nothing that makes it worthwhile. All you know is the thing is big. Yeah, it's a big bitch. Uh, They find a path lined with torches leading to a small settlement, and they rush into a cottage to hide. While hiding inside, they're knocked unconscious by someone or uh, some ones. When they awake, they find themselves restrained in a cellar. An old woman... Uh, enters and inspects uh, Luke's puncture wounds that he found in the beginning, revealing she bears similar markings. So they both have the same markings. And then Dom is taken upstairs by two men that she ordered to do so. Uh, A younger woman comes in and explains that, uh, explains what's going on, that they're being made, that um, preparations are being made to sacrifice someone to something or to them sacrifice them this to whatever this is uh later on dom comes back and he's beaten up he tells luke that he is being he is to be sacrificed to this creature urging him to find a way out and destroy the village uh burn it all to the ground before luke is to be sacrificed uh for the for the ritual Dom, he has a vision of his wife. So at this point, Dom gets taken back up to be sacrificed. And when this thing starts coming out of the woods, it's the image of his wife. Yeah. And his wife comes out of the woods, and it's not the creature, or he, so he thinks. And he's like, he's there having a moment, and then the image of his wife changes, and you see this creature. And, he takes, and the creature takes Dom and impales him onto a tree. Like... They did with Phil, or not Phil, with Hitch, and Phil's dead too. I'm assuming by this yeah, point. Yeah, he's I don't know if they actually. Yeah, yeah he's impaled. 
Uh, so this creature, now here's the description of this creature. Think of a moose-like elk. So like a moose, twice the size, twice the height of a moose. When you look at it for like the silhouette, it looks like a moose, like an elk type creature. But its upper half of its head is like the tor- like the image you saw in the attic. It's the uh, arms that look like antlers and a headless neck. And on the lower half, you see this being with its arms hanging out and its eyes. So there's like no, so its body is like inverted. It's very weird looking. It's like upper half like antlers with a head that looks like a neck neck is, but it's like headless. Lower half has arms dangling and big beady eyes that look out. It has like a person's like a monster's head and mouth in it. And it has a long neck, very much like an animal. And it's lower half, uh, it walks on all fours. And these are like weird looking hooves that run around like a, like a, I don't know, like a deer, moose, whatever. And then halfway down its body also has another set of arms. So at one point it stands up, almost yeah. like a totem. And you see its antlers kind of branch out, its arms at the lower half of its head kind of branch out. And of course you see the lower half of the arms and the hooves all kind of fan out almost like a tree. A tree slash totem, which, looks, which honestly looks pretty cool and terrifying. Um, from this point, Dom dies. He gets impaled. Uh, he tells, uh, let's see what else, where am, where am I? Impaled by a nearby tree. Just, uh, he tries to, Luke tries to escape, breaks his own thumb, which that was a terrible scene to kind of watch because I felt kind of grossed out by that type of stuff. So he dislocates his thumb and breaks it to be able to get out of the ties and to try to escape. Um... He breaks free. Uh, he gets interrupted by a by the young woman he met earlier. When he asks about the creature, she explains that this creature is a Jutin, a bastard son of Loki. So a Jutin, we're gonna go. We're kind of step away from this film a little bit. A Jutin is in Nor- is a term from Norse mythology. Now a Jutin is used sometimes as a blanket term for giants. Now, this is not a typical giant. Uh, this film, uh, Jutton is used as a term, sometimes used to gloss over the word giant. So that's what they call giants in general. But Jutton is also used for different types of creatures, um, more grotesque entities and deities. So this, I think this movie takes some liberty on what it looks like. I haven't dug into... The Jutton, Jutton in this movie to figure out if it's actually a thing in mythology. Because I've, what I've looked into, it's not. But I could be wrong. Uh, I need to dive into, I want to dive into it more. But I did enough to get by for this, to tell you for this video. Uh, so Jutton is a term for giants. and But this creature in particular is a bastard son of Loki. And an ancient godlike entity from, of course, Scandinavian or Norse mythology. And these people are part of a cult who worships this, this Jutin and sacrifices it. In return, to, uh, in return, these people get freedom from pain and immortality. So they mm-hmm. don't die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke has been chosen 
to be chosen and it is to either submit and worship it or be sacrificed. So Luke has a chance to join the cult and uh, bow down to this creature. Um, at, after she tells him she leaves and Luke fully frees himself and ventures upstairs armed with a torch, he finds a, a mummified workers... These people can't, I mean, these people can't die. So there's mummified up there, and you just see them moving around, breathing heavy. So he sets the cabin on fire and these and these mummified workshoppers as well. And you hear them screaming and stuff. And that's what alerts people to the cabin, because they hear the screaming of the people that he's burning. Yeah. He burned the cabin. It's kind of trippy, though, to be honest, because, like, they look like shrunken heads and shit, but it, yeah. I don't. But they're alive because they can't die. Because yeah. the judge. Before, because before he goes up to the door because it sounds like there's like a, a preacher and you know like a loud prayer like lots of like loud like mumbling. Yeah. And so when he walks in, that's when he sees all that shit. Because that shit kind of like behooved me a little bit. And then yeah. when the light is kind of shined on them, you see when they're they're still moving. So it's like, God damn, y'all are really willing to look like this for immortality. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he sets the place on fire, and people in the village or in the cult start coming, uh, running to the house to try to put out the fire. Um, when he's going down, he runs into that elderly lady, and yeah, she's he looking totally at him like, just, "I know what you did." And he just fucking bopped her ass like he, he punched clocked, her. He punched her. <laughs> he fucking clocked her, no regrets, and took mm-hmm. off. Uh, he also, amongst the villagers coming to the fire, also the Jutton came as well. He finds his hunting rifle and heads downstairs, running into and killing the old woman, taking uh, or killing another follower, taking the axe along with him. He encountered the Jutton, kills the young woman. While so, when he encounters the Jutton, uh, the young woman he was talking to is killed by this creature. This god, deity, whatever, demigod, monster, whatever have you. She dies, and at this point, this creature starts attacking people. Attacking its own cult members and starts devouring them. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah. you know what? Y'all can't do a simple job. I'm going to fucking kill you. So people start flying off like crazy and bashing their heads in. <laughs> and people start dying. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke shoots the Jutton uh, shoots at it as he's trying as, he, as he escapes. The creature pursues him, and he starts. He gets thrown back into um, Rob's death again. Yeah. The friend, the death of his friend. So basically, yeah. this creature has been inducing him to relive this traumatic event for its own advantage. It kind of goes to show you how powerful this uh, deity is. Um, he. Where was I? Uh, hallucinations of Rob's killing and forcing him to his knees. So Luke is forced to his knees, offering him, the creature offers him one last chance to worship him or be sacrificed. So what does Luke do? <laughs> Luke refuses to kneel. Then he raises his uh, axe and he gets the creature right in the head. Yeah, life is that. <laughs> and the creature. Oh, yeah, he fucking just axes his bullshit. 
And the creature's like a bahoot. He's like stunned. He's like, bitch, what? <laughs> and they start chasing. Uh, he starts running. And then the creature is chasing him. And as he gets up onto the field, which is the other side of the woods, he gets out of the woods on the other side. As the sun's coming up and the creature starts making these roars and then Luke starts shouting back at it, oh, screaming yeah. at it. Yeah. So they have like a shouting match because for whatever reason, the Jutton can't leave the forest. Yeah. I guess he's trapped there or the sunlights hurts him, yeah. whatever the reason. He doesn't leave the, the creature doesn't leave the forest. Luke does and they get into a scream match and the movie basically ends there. Yeah. Uh, as he heads back to a as, as he heads to a paved road. So the trip to on the other side of the forest wasn't that long. No. They could have literally just walked straight through, but they end yeah. up choosing a route that ended a bunch of their lives because of a child of a god lived in that little patch of woods. But then again, though, they can't say there wasn't a warning because there were, like, odd symbols. That That's true. Could have taken a hint from. Because I know if I see shit like that, I'm going to be like, well, I guess. We're taking we'll... a long way. Yeah, let's skedaddle. <laughs> let's go around the mountain. <laughs> Going around the mountain where we come. If we end up so taking longer because of Dom, so be it. <laughs> Honestly, that's it. My first initial reaction was, you know what? Why don't you just wait here until we go? And we'll come back and bring some help. That would have been exactly. mine. You sit your happy ass here. You know, pitch your tent. You got some supplies. <laughs> we'll be back. Yeah. That's what I would have done. That's what, what I would have offered up. Yeah. If I was in that boat. Instead of going straight through the woods and coming across a child of Loki. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck a shortcut. That's literally where it all happened. Yeah. Like, Don't no, take shortcuts. The, the, the trail is on the map for a reason. Yeah. So that was the ritual. We went over, of course, the story of it. Went over some little bit of Norse mythology. If you want more mythology, at some point in our mm. podcast, Tea of the Gods, we are going to hit Norse mythology at some point. Uh, I don't know when, but we plan on hitting it at some point in time. Yeah. It's on our list of things. Um, what would you rate this movie, Cordelia? Uh, I would rate it maybe like a 6 out of 10. I, yeah, I would rate this about, like, yeah, about a 6. About a 6. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. It's enjoyable. Yeah. If you're a mythology buff, you'd probably, it's an, it, you'd probably like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, the ending wasn't really all that. The ending, I kind of want to see what happened afterward. Yeah, just some closure, because it was just like, uh. But, uh um, it was a very abrupt end. Yeah, but I just feel like there were some aspects that could have been used to make it a little more um, efficient. So True. Yeah. There was just that like, was a ooh, decent. Look. Yeah. It's decent you know, movie. It wasn't that bad, but. It I was mean, a fun movie. Yeah, the, but there were just some bits and pieces that could have a lot better like some more context on the creature yeah like I thought maybe somebody would have sat there and described like what like and more into detail of of the thing rather than just um who it is and you know just two basic ass reasons why like I thought we were gonna get a whole 
history lesson that would have been pretty cool but that i just cool. it was a missed opportunity it was because all we got was it's this and it's a bastard child of loki and that's pretty much yeah. it yeah but and I loki mean, if anyone knows anything about norse mythology loki has some weird ass children so it's not surprising that this would be a child of Loki. So, <laughs> goddamn Loki. I know. Like I said, yeah. it, it would have been dope to like shine some light on North Norse mythology. Yeah. Like, it's really outshined by Greek mythology and Roman. That's true. So I feel like you know if this was gonna be like their main concept. They could have gone a little more in depth of, you know, a history lesson or some more facts and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just covering the surface and not diving in. So. Yeah. So we finished the ritual. What's our next movie? Oh, okay. So our next movie is Pure, which is a, um, I guess, an episode from Into the Dark. Yep, it's a Hulu series that's by Blumhouse, where each episode is basically based around a holiday, and each episode is based an hour and a half long movie per episode. So yeah, that's pretty dope. Um, and the so episode we're going to talk about today is the last episode about Father Daughter Day, and the movie's called Pure. So I found this movie from TikTok, and uh, oh really? Yeah, I honestly, I. Yeah, I, I found it and I sent it to you and I was like, hmm. Oh, pff, I already watched it by that point. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no, I found it on TikTok. So we start off with a girl, um, her name's Shay, <laughs> and she wakes up from like um, these nightmares of like a redhead just with like black, dressed in black. And then yeah. Shay herself is dressed in white. And they're just pulling the veils off. And, like, this redhead has, like, this sinister, unnatural-ass grin. Shay yeah. wakes up, and she automatically has to, like, have the, the dad pull over to, like, puke. Yeah. So, in the car we have, is his name Kyle? Kyle? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the father's name was. Yeah, we have. I think Shay. it might have been Kyle. I think it might have been Kyle, something like that. I was, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Some white ass name. And but then Shay this- calls him oh. by his first name. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't know that you know they were all related until like after once they hit the retreat. There's yeah. like um, Shay just sees like you know this redhead you know. Here and there, and she's just tripping a little bit, but it is what it is. So they make it to this retreat, and uh, when they introduce Shay to the pastor, um, the father is like, "Oh yeah, this is my daughter." Mind you, the daughter is like um, biracial, so yes. that's why everybody is a, a little behooved. And um, <laughs> yeah, it goes on. Um, so Joe's kind of like standoffish and kind of a bitch with Shay Loki. Like, she's really passive-aggressive. And, um... I don't know, dude. That was just, like, weird tension. But you, in the very beginning, as a female, you kind of already feel a weird-ass vibe because it's just you and your father around 
like other girls and like other fathers and it's weird because mothers weren't allowed mind you that like joe's mother like really wanted to go and they've been doing this for like years but the mother was yeah. never allowed to and the girls are only allowed to wear all white like white undergarments clothing skirts socks shoes you know the whole shebang and um so this place that they're going to is a purity retreat so basically it's a uh, quote on it's a question mark quote cult um yeah yeah just it's significant that fathers um keep their daughters as virgins till marriage and it's really weird because there's so much emphasis on keeping these girls' virginities intact and it's really weird because they pay so much attention to it and yeah, then um, it's, it's really weird yeah it's awkward to be honest like really really it's off-putting because like in general it's a little bit odd to talk about like your sexual escapades with like your parent let alone with like other parents and a pastor you know what i mean and there's like no other womanly authority around and it's just you and other teenagers teenage girls and a bunch of old men yeah so it's like really really weird and um so she's just like trying to find her way around all this stuff and joe's just like eh and um so they make it to the cabin and joe introduces the uh, her cabin bunkies shay and shay's just like oh yeah i'm her sister and joe's just like goddamn anyways so the pastor's daughter's um bunkies with them so joe's yeah. already like eh um but each girl though has like their own issues with their fathers so yeah. we have, uh, her name's Lucy, correct? I think so, yes. Yeah, so she is the girl that Joe kind of was meh about, like, eh. Like, I really didn't want to be bunkies. She's the pastor's daughter. So you can already tell that there's a lot of pressure on her. She's, you know, has a reputation to hold to be, like, you know, the model teenager. Because this was, like, her 10th purity ball. Yeah. And then we have this other blonde girl who's, her father's like a real bitch. Like, he's really focused on, like, her appearance, her physical appearance. Yeah. Um, her father has her continuously counting calories, has her go on 5 a.m. runs, and um, he's the one who picks out this special dress and whatnot. And um, mind you, she brought a dress that she picked in particular rather than like the dress that her dad wanted her to wear. So that plays a significant part too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so there's low key, there's like a low key rebellious side to these girls, but then again, they're really on a tight lead. (sighs) So um, at night or whatever, um, Joe, talks about Lilith like there was a book they found that just appeared in their their room and Joe is just like so dead set on like summoning her so they all take off and they they have to coax Lucy to go with them because she's like 
a liability and she's the preacher's daughter so they weren't gonna like risk it and have now it, like, wait now you skipped over the part where they talked about lilith during a um what the preacher was talking about it oh for sure go ahead so earlier they sat the fathers and daughters sat down with the preacher talking about how the purity ball is this great fucking thing and how his daughter's like this is her 10th one and all this blah 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 bullshit of how these fathers are just all like, yay, purity, we like to control our daughters' lives. Uh, the pastor then brings up the story of Lilith, because that seems to be a favorite thing. And Joe got really excited about it, because she thinks Lilith is pretty rad. So the story of Lilith, as he talks about, is Lilith is a was Adam's first wife. Now, uh, Lilith was made from the same clay that Adam was made. Lilith was very much an independent woman. She um, was very much not controlled. You couldn't really control her. She was kind of a free spirit. And she talks about how, or he talks about how Adam told God that Lilith had a affair with one of the angels. Which we'll get into all of that, the story of Lilith, later on. Where I will go over it in detail. <laughs> but... Um, Lilith had a thing with an angel, had <laughs> lustful interaction <laughs> with an angel. God didn't like that, and God banished her to hell, and she turned into a demon. And then from there, God made Eve. And Eve was a lot more um, controlled, I guess, as he put it, or at least it came off as that. that she was more submissive. Yeah, she was more submissive than Lilith was. Because Lilith was like, you can't control my ass. And Eve is like, okay, anything to please you. Yeah. That's what it came off as. And then that's where you go into where Cordelia was talking about now. Where they go off to summon, meet up with Joe's boyfriend and his friends. And they want to summon Lilith. Because she sees Lilith as an independent, strong fig, uh, female figure that she obviously looks up to. And it reflects very much... At least in the beginning of the movie, it reflects that Joe and Shay and her and their father basically treats Joe as like the Lilith, quote unquote, and yeah. Shay as the Eve because yeah. their father doesn't give two shits about Joe. Yeah, Ca basically he casts her out, and then Shay's the new favorite, basically his Eve. So I like how the parallel they use Lilith and Eve as a parallel between the two. Half sisters. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but um, mind you though, like um, Shay's only like that because she just met That's Kyle, true. the father, like two months ago. So that is true. I feel like that is a valid reason why. And Josie's um, like Shay has like a kiss ass. Like her, <laughs> her head is so far up their dad's ass. Like <laughs> that's the way she said it. <laughs> Yes. But um, I understand, though, because, I mean, of course, you're going to want to impress your father like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where that kind of came into play. So anyways, you know, the four girls sneak off to, like, this cabin and they collect the elements, whereas Shay mentions, though, that they're missing one element, which is air. So the girls go do their own thing and um, boys arrive. And yeah. Lucy's kind of like having like a fucking, she's losing her shit because she's like, oh my God, we can't be around boys. Like, what the fuck? 
But Joe mentions, though, that, man, I can't go get over that fucking plot twist. <laughs> right? I was so shocked I wanted to rock the fucking TV. Uh. <laughs> um, so Joe mentions that she hit up this dude, like, last summer, and they've been texting ever since. And, like, that's her boyfriend. Yes. And he's a virgin as well. Hmm. And he pulls up with his cousin and I guess a friend of theirs. And mm, I mean, it is what it is. You know, they're all just like feeling each other and it is what it is. But um, Joe's boyfriend's cousin has his eyes set on Shay. But Shay's yeah. minding her own business looking for a fucking feather. <laughs> the right. one element that they're missing for that um, for that summoning Shay. Yeah. Summon Lilith. She finds the feather. And then all of them are in a circle. And um, they each, um, each female chants this, um, this mantra, I guess, to summon her. And uh, one thing in particular I remember it saying is, uh, come for the reckoning. Yeah. And they thought nothing would work. And then out of nowhere, like, there's like a big old poof from the candles. Yeah. And then the guys believe that the girls are playing around. But the girls are like, no, like. We ain't doing nothing. First... Yeah. Like the girls are like, this is the first time something like this has happened. Yep. So Lucy, the pastor's daughter, is just kind of like quaking. So she really wants to go home. So one of the guys, um, the friend, escorts her to the cabin. And, um, yeah, Joe's just, like, kind of making out with her, dude, and she's talking to the other guy, and that other chick was just chilling, but, yeah, that's how that went. Yeah. And then, uh, Shay starts seeing that red-headed woman from her nightmares, like, appearing a lot more often, like, yeah, her dreams and shit, but, um... Then she believes, though, that the um, at the summoning that they did worked. And mind you, Joan made a, a comment where the, um, they've tried it so many times, like nothing's ever happened. And then do you want to continue? Uh, from there, they basically have these events during the um, retreat. Nothing overly special happens they just find out that uh, more about the purity ball and this thing called the box yeah and how they use that as basically almost like a, a torture device to try to um scare the, the huh to put the girls like in check yeah put the girls in check and make them more submissive to being controlled by the by their fathers and the male figures on site. Um they at one point they meet up with I'm trying to remember if Shay went off to the lake by herself yeah. or the they I, I, yeah. So yeah. I think Shay went off to the lake and she met up with the guy that she was talking to and mm-hmm. they took a dip in the lake and they had a moment, cute moment, nothing bad. They didn't do anything. They were just swimming in the water, having a cutesy couple moment, right? 
and she got out of the water and she went back to the cabin. Well, and that's she got she... out only because she saw that red-headed lady standing yep. by Yeah, She saw Lilith, or the red-headed lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> then she went back to the cabin, changed. Uh, I'm trying to think. She came across her dad at some point. Didn't she? Yeah, he was waiting for them because... Yeah, that's right. Originally, Joe took off, and Shay was supposed to cover for Joe for not um, going to, like, this group. But yeah. Shay couldn't cover because Shay didn't even go to the group herself, so yeah. the dad was there waiting for her in the cabin. And he gets up, and he mentions, like, you know, you're going to make me look bad. Take this seriously. Like, if you want to make this work, you have to give this a shot. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of what happened in that part. And then she goes in and she takes a shower or whatever and changes. And then she finds the book of that's called that has Lilith's name on it. Yeah. And she looks in the book and... Oh, God, what happens after she looks in the book? She sees um, depictions of, like, Lilith and... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What begins to happen when Lilith is starting to, like, manifest a little bit. Like um, spewing of black substance-ish. She becomes more demonic. Yeah, just like little bits and pieces. But, you know, she's making herself known, though, like her presence. Like uh, during a sermon, a cross falls off um, when the pastor calls up Shay. To be honest, though, okay, so there was a moment in the film where the pastor... Um, tell Shay, like, do you like gum? And she was like, oh, well, yeah. So he opens it, That's, and he, like, yeah. chews it all up. He's like, do you want it now? And she's like, well, no. And he was like, this is what a woman looks like when she has sex with somebody before marriage. I was like, he really just compared a woman's sexuality to a piece of fucking gum. Oh, he did. And that was just like, what the fuck? And, and mind you... With this movie, he they only care about the women. The, yeah. the sons can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, and I like how they mention that towards somewhat the end. But at least they acknowledge that part. But I was just kind of taken aback because, you know, they made that reference. But to, I mean, it's just a film, but it's in some areas, in some cultures it's still kind of seen like that till this day. Yeah. Um, like with female circumcisions and stuff like that. And yeah. I like how Joe kind of mentions that because, okay. So every now and then in the film, you see the pastor and like a group of men um, take one girl in particular every now and then, you know, they isolate her from the group of other girls. And Shay would notice this and she would ask about it, but they would be like, no, she's probably going to the box. And Joe would just make like these references, like um, they like check their, check their hymen to check if it's still intact or, um, or she made a comment as well as they sewed it up. Yeah. I guess referring to that circumcision shit. Um, yeah. But it's weird because they talk so much about like, um, like sexual innuendos and whatnot. 
And I'm like, these are literally like teenagers and preteens and whatnot. And it's like, this is literally what's on their mind. And mm-hmm. the pastor just is consistently like making these remarks like women can't control themselves. Like they need their father to protect them from themselves and all this shit. And I'm sitting here like, man, this is some straight up bullshit. Um, but it's just, fuck. I guess it's yeah. the more feminist side, I guess, coming out of me. But, um, oh no! I felt the same way watching the movie. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these are this is not this is like a bunch of control freaks, <laughs> bro. But honestly, like for you know those who haven't seen it, that's not even the fucking tip of the iceberg. Oh no! So the movie continues on, and it turns out the guys that they were talking to were wait, part wait, of. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait! Don't even go there. Don't go there yet. Don't go. Okay. So check this. Okay. Because we got to lay it out a little bit. Okay. So I these guess. guys are, like, um, constantly, like, trying to get these girls to, like, go out, you know, sneak out and whatnot. And Gabe, the one who was after Shay, had, yeah. you know, this one cabin in particular, like, set up with, like, candles, the radio. And it was cute and romantic. Yeah. And then you just hear, like, banging on the door. The door slams open. And it's, like, shaking all around. And Gabe goes up to the door and he was, like... um, quit your shit i'm trying to get laid and then shay is just like is this what this is all about and he was like no they're just playing a prank and i just love that shay took that fucking cue and read it so she was like let me fucking leave and so she's passing by like another cabin i guess because she hears like you know some suspicious noise and it turns out to be joe getting it in with the dude she's been texting all summer yeah and so she ends up like, you know, skedaddling, goes back to the cabin. And, you know, I guess time goes by. And the pastor and their father, like, boom, 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 like, come in, flashlights and everything. And I was like, huh, I put two and two together. But they're, like, looking for Shane. They're like, she's not here. Like, the other girls are all in bed, and Joe was the only one that wasn't. I was like, damn, yeah. she done got caught up. But oh, the smart bitch was in the restroom. But um, yeah, the pastor was like, you need to come with us, though. And Joe just looks at Shay and she was like, you told them. Mind you, Shay and Joe just found somewhat of um, of like a bonding, you know, a, a chance for, you know, a bond. Because there was like a weird tension between them two. Yeah. And so Shay was just like, I didn't tell, like, you know. But they took Shay away and they already accused her of, like, you were <coughs> with a boy. And yeah. the dad was like, how could you and all that. So it was like, huh. How would y'all know? Exactly. But anyway, yeah. So, your turn, mamas. <laughs> so she, so Joe gets taken and... In the middle of the night, and they tell them all to go to, back to bed. So they all go to bed, and they wake up in the morning, and Joe's still not back. Yeah. So they're like, where the fuck is Joe? And this is the day where the purity ball goes down. So they're like, where the fuck is... Where the fuck is... The fuck? Where the fuck? So yeah. they go around, and they start picking... Dragging out their dresses and shit, and then the pastor's daughter has a complete and utter meltdown. At this point, because they because they're all freaking out because Joe's gone and they're like, Joe's probably in the box. 
and the pastor's daughter has a complete meltdown and starts crying and shit because she's not impure now. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, you did, did, how far did you go? Did you go? And she indicates that she just kissed him. Yeah. But that's enough to make her impure and her father is not going to Father's going to hate her and all this other shit. And yeah, you're just... you described yourself as trash because that's like what the the pastor and her, you know, her father yeah. kind of ingrained in her. Like, you're trash. If you even, like, touch another boy, that's not your father. Yeah. It's very sad because you're just like, a kiss makes you impure. That's why... <laughs> that's why I love... I'm not going to go into why sheltered... Kids sheltering teens and preteens about sex is a bad idea. Uh, mm, that's a long conversation on what that can lead to, but you know, we're not here for that. But this movie really dives into that on how this poor girl is brainwashed to think that even kissing a person is very, very terrible, and you're just like. And don't even get started on, like, homosexuality because they talked about that, too, and how that's a sin and masturbating's a sin. Uh, Yeah. You can't love yourself or anything. I was like, man, I done checked all the fucking check marks on that list. Girl, same. I have a boyfriend. (laughs) They would hate me. (laughs) I was like, check, check, check. I wouldn't be fucking welcome. (laughs) I'd be dead. But it sucks, though, because, you know... One of their bunkies takes these pills for her anxiety because her overbearing father, you know, and his pressure about how she looks. And it just broke my heart because Lucy was just beating herself up, like, just from a single kiss. And I was like, Miss Thing, you're, like, the purest out of all these hoes. What the fuck? Yeah. So they get get all their dresses together and stuff, and they're like, okay, Joe's still gone. Mm -hmm. So they go to the event... And everyone started coming in with their fathers and daughters, and everyone's wearing white and all that shit. And they go into the event. Joe does appear again. Yeah. And Shay's like, where were you? Is everything okay? And Joe's like, her demeanor's completely changed. She's eating very, like, she's... She looks like she's being held together by just a thread without just falling apart at the seams. Okay, yeah. but like very in the kind of the beginning of the ball when they're going like through this weird archway and there's like yeah. guys in suits with swords. Mm-hmm. Shay <laughs> notices. Shay Girl. notices. Girl, spill the tea. Fuck. Fuck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh Remember God. that dude that Joe was hooking up with, right? And I mentioned mm-hmm. literally like five or so minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Same motherfucker was holding the fucking one of the swords in a white suit and the fucking purity ball. And he looks at Shay and like the face is just like, oh fuck, like I've just I don't know you. And Shay yeah. just fucking distraught not distraught, but she's just like, bitch. Yeah. And when Joe comes in, she sees the same dude because, you know, Shay was about it. They The girls developed a plan that they were going to, like, distract, you know, the fathers. And Shay was going to go out and look for Joe. Yeah. So when the girls are doing their thing, Shay was going to head out the door. And, yeah. like, the same dude, you know, Shay, I mean, Joe's boyfriend and, like, that that tall dude, the friend, that kissed Lucy. Yeah. They both kind of put swords by the door and they're like, you can't leave. 
And then Shay was just like, why? To like Joe's boyfriend. And he was like, um, do I know you? And my face, boy, I will tell you. I was just like, bitch, the hell Pop you him. The fuck? I was like, you were literally like in her guts like the other night, you fucking lying piece of shit. Oh my god. So anyway, yeah. Joe comes in and you know, like you said, you know, her weird outspoken attitude and everything just kinda like flipped. Like she was actually the one... Actually we skipped a part. Cause she did Shay did go looking for Joe and went to the pastor's office as yeah. another girl left. Yeah. And when she went you know to the pastor's office You know how he mentioned in the book of Lilith that um that some figures would like spit up black yeah goo or whatnot. Black, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she so, goes into the pastor's office, look for Joe, and she's like, Where is she? Is this where the box is? And they open up a clo- <laughs> a coat closet that he locked for some reason. Yeah. And as he's pastor's trying to talk to her, he starts coughing up this black goo. Yes. That Cordelia was mentioning. Oh, yeah. And that's when they went back to the dorm, to the cabin, got ready for the ball, and now we're at the ball. Okay. So, of course, the swords, they block her exit. Joe comes back. Uh, everyone's distraught. It comes to fruition that the guys were put there in contact with the girls as a test. Yeah. And that's where we found out that they don't care what the sons do. The sons can have as much sex as they want or do whatever. Because they don't care. It's only about the women they want to control. Yeah. And Lucy mentions that in her speech. And the pastor mentions that, like, there's nothing we can do. You know, there's, like, as a man, there's some sexual tendencies we can't control. But we can't control our women. And that's some fucked up shit. You floored it. I was like, the fuck? Like, this fucking movie has the fucking audacity. Mind you, it has so many layers. Yeah. Mind you, the film and everything was beautifully done, you know, but man. I love that they tackled this. Yeah, this movie fucking brings out the fucking feminist in you. I shit Uh you not. Exactly. Oh, man. I wanted a fucking Gabe and Joe's dude. I wanted a fucking. You want to rock their world? Ooh. I would have rocked your shit. Oh my mm. god. The pastor tells Shay, you passed that test, but only slightly. And I was just like, bitch. I would have smacked him. I was hoping for Shay to smack the bitch. Ooh. Ooh. So. Ooh. Oh, bitch. Okay, we forgot this part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, um, when Joe just comes in, she tells um Shay. Our dad knew about you the entire time. Yes. Oh, fuck. That's key. That's key right there. That Joe tells her, like, there's something I need to tell you. Like, our dad knew about you the entire time. I know because my parents fought about it. But um, we know, too, because your mom constantly called asking for help. But our dad wanted nothing to do with you. And she was just like, but now he's trying to do to you what he failed to do to me. Yeah. So Shay was just like, mother, like, hurt. Like, her whole world was, like, crushed because she was like, I'm trying to do all this shit, you know, so I can be in, you know, his good graces. And, like, for this shit, he abandoned us for, like, for what? 
Yeah. And, um, mind you, too, there was, like, some parts we kind of skipped over because, I mean, this fucking film was just too damn juicy. Like, mm-hmm. god damn, a film has never been this scrumptious. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, There's the father. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> it was. It was a lot. So the fathers have um, give their daughters like these weird diamond rings. They're purity yeah. rings, quote unquote, but they look like fucking engagement rings. They have their yeah. daughter dress in white and they have them take like these weird pictures, like these photos, like they look like engagement photos. Like the, the girls have like bouquets and everything, you know, flower crowns and all that. So it's just like that part was really unsettling too because Joe, when it came time for Joe and Shay, Joe lost her her ring. And the fucking father mm. was just like, well, fine, I'll just do it with Shay. And you can see, like, this weird, like, resentment in Joe. But that's kind of where I see where you did that conclusion of Lilith and Eve. Because mm-hmm. Shay was just trying to do everything in her power to, like get her father's approval yeah everybody was just really annoyed with joe because she was just fucking defying the fucking like sticking it to the man basically yeah and um i kind of admired her she was annoying at first but i was like i see where you're fucking coming from though exactly so they lose the she's she loses her ring and of course he went with shay and uh, he put on the ring or whatever, and then he started to do the contracts. Now, these contracts are signed by the father and daughters to keep pure and whatever else kind of bullshit for the ne- for, till the next year. Um, Joe signs the contract. Their father signs the contract. Joe, uh, Kyle, the father, signs Shay's contract. Shay does not sign the contract. And he's like, why aren't you signing it? And then she calls out, you knew the whole time? Indicating that she knows about how her father knew about her the whole time, but did the whole charade that she didn't, that they didn't know about her for the last two months. And he didn't give a shit until now. And And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I told your mama, we should have aborted you. Well, he didn't. Rec- he didn't um, indicate that at first because he's like, "What?" And then she screamed, uh, yelled at him to tell her. And as she did that, a power surge happened with the lights, indicating that <laughs> there's some sh- there's some shit going on. Yeah. And that's when he uh, talked about how his mother, how she, how he wanted her to a how wanted her to a border. And that and calling her mother a slut. Yeah. When it's like, um, <clears throat> sir, huh, I'm sure Shay's mother didn't know about your wife. And, yeah. you know, it takes two to tango. Calling her a slut's not the right answer, sweetheart, when you can't control what's in your pants. And be faithful to your wife. So it's not Shay's mom's fault at all. Period. So that really pissed her off. <laughs> So she didn't sign the contract at all, and then they brought out, um, they brought out the box. Well, before that, point. the other girls joined Shay. Like they oh, the other girls joined in with Shay, 
and not yeah. signing the contracts. The girl that had the overbearing father about the weight checks and the calorie counts and all of that. She was done with it, so she didn't sign it, and neither did the pastor's daughter. So they all joined together, and they're like, we're not doing this shit anymore. So that's when the pastor came in and brought out the box, and they shoved Shay in the box. Uh, the pastor was taught, giving some lecture about how... Um, about all this shit. Huh? Women are how women are whores and all that yes. basically. Mm-hmm. And the pastor's daughter came up and was like, Can I say something? And he's like, No. <laughs> so of course by this point she's taking her anxiety so high she took a bunch of the pills without telling anybody. So she's already like loopy. And she takes the mic and she tells her father that She's like, you knew, you know about, I kissed, I kissed, uh, what's this? Yeah, she was like, I failed that test too. I bet you didn't know that. And the look on her father was just like, but you didn't do nothing. But she was like, yeah, I done kissed him. And she was fucking quick and slick. And so the pastor has a gun on him, right? And my initial yes. thing was, oh, he uses that for the fucking rattlesnakes or whatever, because they out in buttfuck nowhere. Yes. But I noticed he always flashed it around Shay. I noticed that continuously. Yeah. But um, anyways, so she tells that to the, the pastor. Um, his daughter, Lucy, tells him, like, um, you put so much pressure on me. Like, um, I'm done or whatever. Like, you can't and- control me. And the fact that she's been in the box so much. Multiple times. And she's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So she takes the gun. And you think for a split second, you think for a split second she's going to shoot him. Because everyone's like, no, don't do it. And she ends up shooting herself. Yeah. She pulled the art, the clown trick. She, oh my God. You did not. You did I, not. I, I, it was you like, did not. She was like the sweetest. She was the purest out of the bunch, honestly. Like her heart and her mindset was all in the right place, but fuck. She shot herself like, she and everyone's deserved that. She did not deserve that. Yeah. But that just like it lit yeah. a fire under Shay's ass. Like it did. she just had a battle cry and it's like she just manifested Lilith like she was praying for Lilith like come and protect us like from these men and all that shit and after that I feel like losing somebody you cared about like left such an opening for Lilith to like take over and you just feel like that like exorcism shit and uh she's possessed by Lilith yeah and like the the box quote unquote the cage like, whoop, comes open, and, like, Shay has, like, this aura is just, like, so, it's powerful. And, like, the, yeah. the girls automatically, like, surround her and everything. And, uh, man, this part was just so empowering. Like, she has, um, like, uh, an echo, an echoing voice. Like, you yeah. can feel that there's power behind it. And uh, the the pastor was gonna reach for for Lucy, but um, Shay slash Lilith was like, "Don't touch her," and just paused him, like just held him in he place. He froze. <laughs> and like 
you know, stopped him in his boots. Yeah. And every, you know, all the men are just like, oh, fuck, like, what the fuck? And um, Lilith comes out and she's just like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's one of those scenes where it's just, it's so transcending, you can't really put much words into it because it's just, it's really an iconic moment because you see that female superiorness just mop the floor like, man, this bitch, the savior of women, just oof. Yeah. So quote I wrote down to be honest, and it was um, one man's demon is another woman's angel. Bitch, yeah. let me tell you that shit was so empowering. She gets the men to um to bow down. Yeah. And she gets them to start like banging their fucking foreheads on the floor. I was like, fucking rock their shit in. <laughs> and yeah. then she commands them to get up. And they stay kneel kneeling down. And she was like, do what as you're told. And she raises them up. And as she's raising them up, she's like levitating them. But at the same time, she's like choking the shit out of them. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Let me tell you, this part is so fucking empowering. She like says a speech of how like you think you can control a woman's desires and sexuality and, you know, shit like that. It's like we're not possessions and... Oh. And then Lilith Do kills them. Do you want to go on? Because I'm getting too damn passionate. And I'm so just Lilith rocks these father's worlds and gives the speech that Cordelia was talking about. And after she does the speech, she kills them. She kills them all. They all just drop yeah. dead at that point. And from that, fire a fire breaks out, and the women all leave, and the girls all leave, and the place burns down to the ground. With the, with the men in it, and of course, I think... I don't remember if they dragged out Lucy or not. Or they left her in there. Yeah, they were they all surrounding her body, though. Yeah, so I don't know if they brought her out. I think they left her in the fire. But the men all died, and it was just the daughters left. And that's pretty much where the film ended. Uh, Lilith left, and the, the daughters were free to go about and to do what they want. Well, I yes. think she was still possessed in um in Shay because Shay was that vessel, because yeah. Shay wasn't a virgin, so that was the only reason that's she confessed true. that. Yeah. So that's the only reason why that ritual had worked because Shay wasn't a virgin at the time that it happened, so that was the only reason why that came through. So, um, Lilith was, you know, basically she possessed um Shay, but. The end, it was pretty dope, though, because they all just walk along together, like, walking towards a, a rising sun, and it yeah. just so, like, boho hippie witches in the fucking woods, empowering themselves and all that. Like A full-on coven moment, yeah. Lived. I loved it. But Lilith still had that creepy-ass fucking smile and shit. Like, that shit was, like, Momo-looking. Yeah. So the story of... So that was basically the movie, pure. Now again to the context of Lilith. Now, this group, this cult group, was a Christian group. But in uh, Lilith is not mentioned in the Bible. In the Christian Bible. 
none whatsoever. And I think they acknowledge that in the movie that she's not mentioned in the Christian Bible because basically she's not like, she's not worth shit to mention. <laughs> or that's what it came off as. Ju- uh, Lilith is a product of Judaism. She's a Jew. She's part of Jewish mythology, and she's a very prominent in Jewish mystics, uh, mystic studies, and occultism. And she's a de- she's a big demon that is uh, looked upon in that world. And Lilith was, of course, like the story told in the movie. She is Adam's first wife. She is Adam's uh, made from the same clay Adam was made from. She, she is. She's Adam's equal in every in every way. Yeah. And Adam um she wasn't as submissive. She's not submissive as Eve. She's an independent woman, basically. She's like her own person. She doesn't need Adam. She could live on her own with Adam if she needed to. Um what drove uh Lilith to being banished from the Garden of Eden was the fact that it was said that she had a love thing with the archangel Samuel. Now also Samuel is an archangel that is basically I guess in the placement of the devil or the placement of Satan in Judaism because in Judaism Satan isn't a thing. There is no like devil. Uh, Samuel is basically the placement of that. Some say he's a fallen angel. Some say he's an archangel that was sent down to the underworld to punish sinners by God as his job. So Samuel is known as the seducer, the accuser, and the destroyer. He's a motherfucker that'll come down and beat the shit out of sinners. Oh, that's like a dope ass band name. What? Like the seducer, the accuser, and the what? And the destroyer. Oh yeah, that sounds like a dope ass band name. <gasps> we should make that into a T-shirt. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me write that down. <gasps> <laughs> merchandise, t- merchandise ideas. Her live on podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, the accuser, the seducer, and the destroyer. Sam Archangel Samuel, meaning venom of God or poison of God, blindness of God. Uh, he is basically the person. In others, he is not necessarily evil since his functions are also regarded as resulting in good, such as destroying sinners. So he houses the underworld and he takes care of sinners by knocking the shit out of them, if you will, and not destroying them. Rock He's also... Oh. Huh? Is that rock my shit, Betty? Yeah. He is also believed to be the father of Cain, as well as a partner to Lilith. So, yeah, Lilith had an affair, had a thing with Archangel Samuel, and that's what got her kicked out of Eve, sent to hell, Garden of Eden, sorry, Eden, sent to hell, and she became a demon from that. And she, in some stories, she ended up becoming like the mother of all demons. So she ends up becoming a very prominent, very powerful female demon. And that's and then from there, uh, God took a uh, rib from Adam and made Eve, who was more submissive and more um, controlling, controlled, if you will. Yeah. Now, finally, about Samuel, and Samuel is the one who orchestrated the downfall of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. in Garden of Eden. He sent the snake. 
So I thought that was cool. And some of the texts, like the second temple period texts of Jewish or Jewish texts. Um, so Samuel's a very interesting character because he's the fact that he is basically the placement of the devil, replacement of the devil. And he is the mate of Eve or not Eve, Adam. And Jewish lore is also the, the main angel of death and head of all Satan's. Satan's, I'm assuming, is a term for demons that they use. Um, yeah. So, Adam and uh, Lilith is a Jewish lore. And it's based, in some regard, she's also known as the mother of all demons. Or she's like one of the big female figures. Um, in different cultures, in different religions, they actually indicate demons as like Lilith, as a term Lilith. Uh, she, yeah, Lilith is, she's a bad bitch. Like, she becomes one of the, she's like, okay, cool, you're going to cast me on and turn me to a demon? Bet. I'm going to be the best goddamn demon you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to rock your shit, man. So I like the fact that in this movie, they make Lilith look like a monster, but then they kind of turn around and turn her into the hero. Oh, yeah. Because she represents basically how religion... <laughs> Oh god, we're gonna get in the religious religion talk. How a lot of religions and a lot of mythologies are very controlling of women, and women have a they say, oh, women have a certain place in the household, and women have a certain place in life, and to be controlled by men. Lilith counters that typical notion of that time period, of whatever religion talking about. It's not just Abrahamic religions. It's also in like Greek mythology, and it's also in other mythologies because women were always looked as more property than people and that's the thing that sucks but i still find it pretty interesting that they they brought that into judaism with lilith but they also demonized that way of women thinking and that's where they turned her into a demon to a monster into something they tell children uh to spook them at night because a woman told somebody no and she was like i this is my body i'm gonna do what i want with it and they demonize that and then turn her into a demon. So, so again, like if you heard our Tea of the God story stories, some of them, they they basically use Lilith as a pawn to show that you okay, women, I mean, you act like this, you're gonna get demonized. Period. So to piggyback off of that, you know how you mentioned like in the classic Bible, Lilith isn't meant. She's not mentioned at all. It's just Adam and Eve. Yeah. So in Genesis 127, it says men and women were created together in God's image. And in Genesis 121, you know, dash 23. However, Adam was created first and later on Eve was formed from his rib. And yeah. in Gen Genesis 3, the themes of female disobedience and curiosity rear their problematic heads and um you also see kind of a comparison i've mentioned this before in our other podcast of tea and the gods where eve's downfall and pandora's box kind of like coincide yeah so they're destined to stories fail. express um societal and religious um imperatives where men must work hard because they were complicit in disobeying divine powers 
whereas women must be ruled by men because they were disobedient and curious. So basically yeah. they're saying that men um, have to work hard due to the, the fact that women couldn't take simple orders. So, and that's kind of like thrown in the air every now and then, like, oh, well, women are the the cause of this and that because because y'all decided to eat the apple and shit. Like, that remark was kind of thrown at me from time to time during school. So, I mean, I don't know. This whole movie just, it kind of hit personally. And then a fun fact I found was um, Lilith, ugh, Lilith um, being like, defiant and fucking independent she refused to submit to adam's authority by refusing Mm -hmm. to lay beneath him during intercourse that was so cool and i was like you fucking go glenn coco you do that fucking cowgirl position because adam tried to be like i'm a man i have authority and it looks like bitch bet that's not how this works sweetheart we're made equal we're equal so, here. Being free from like male authority, she kind of embraced her inner evil. And uh, I mean, they say because of this, she was morphed into like a child stealing demon. But I yeah. feel like um, Christians kind of did that to kind of scare women into being like, this is what happens to you if you don't listen to a man's order. Well, not Christians. It'd be, it'd be the Jewish faith because Lilith isn't oh, in well, the go. Bible. You know? But for whatever, for whatever, yeah. Because um, for whatever reason, they took Lilith out of the biblical text for whatever reason, but they left the spot where she could have been put in, because Adam was made first and then Eve later. So they left a spot open where Eve would, where Lilith would fit in. But for whatever reason, which I'm sure I'm going to find out at some point, because we're going to hit on all of this in Tea of the Gods. Again, like Norse mythology, at some point in time, where I'll figure out because I that's a burning question that I've been wondering for quite some time. Why wasn't Lilith in the, put into the uh, Christians' Bible? But anyway, another cool thing was like how she challenged masculine authority. She was yeah. um, also suspected of, um, I guess, basically, she kind of like counteracted a conception so she kind of like yeeted a fucking opportunity of getting pregnant by adam Ooh. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) yeah i was like my respect for her just shot up yeah my grandfather would be fucking pissed right now but on a more personal level though i kind of like felt this because I kind of grew up in a household like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of hope my mom doesn't like figure out how to work Spotify for this. But um, (laughs) I grew up with a Dominican stepfather (laughs) and um, his culture and beliefs were that women were meant to stay home and uh, cook and clean after the men. And so I kind of relate to Lilith in a bit because I was the one who was constantly fighting my stepdad on that on that matter. Whereas mm-hmm. my mom would just be like, she would shut up and just do it. And in my head, I'm just like, it's fucking equal though. Like, if he makes the mess, he should clean it. 
you know so it was like a constant battle every day because it's like for one I'm not your wife so you really don't have the fucking audacity to really tell me to fucking clean up after you mind you Mm -hmm. I have like two brothers as well so he wasn't really as hard on my brothers as he was on my sister and myself so that's why I felt the way that I felt passionately about this movie was because I felt that and I've been there yeah it really goes tackles that issue of how women are treated nowadays and back then this is like a real common thing that happens within like the hispanic community where um even now actually like the parents kind of cater more to the sons and leave the more hard work and stuff like the more homemaking stuff for the females which it sucks, but I mean, people say that's part of our culture, but it's a toxic part of culture. And I feel like I'm going to be read to filth for this. But I mean, I feel like I have the right to speak on that subject because I've been there and I've been raised in that environment. And yeah. it's shitty because even in modern times, you feel like you're fucking a second class citizen because of shit like this. It's like, it, it's a modern time now. It's like we fight for equality. And yeah. like that kind of mindset is in the past. It's something that should be demolished. But, you know, with conservative minds and whatnot, it's like people want to be stuck in their ways. Thankfully, yeah. though, I broke my stepdad from that, you know, kind of that mindset because it's just it was a battle I fought for years. And it's like we would just have a standoff for months on end like we we went we went without acknowledging each other for like years while living in the same house it's like I was that fucking I wasn't even stubborn like I just I was a firm believer in what was right and what was wrong and it's just our cultures were totally different but I fucking refused to like kiss somebody's boot and shit because that's how it is yeah so Fuck yeah, this shit fucking lit a fire under my ass because I, oh fuck. I felt that shit. It, it, it hit home. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. I know, I completely agree. Because I was watching this and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, no, I'm not a woman. I'm a man. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a, well, I'm a bisexual ally, male. But... Yeah, you're an huh? ally. You're an ally. Yeah, I'm, I'm an ally. Shit. <laughs> I'm an ally to you, to you ladies. I got you. Because <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. Because even with men, we have our we have our own issues. Like, men have to be... Granted, nothing compared to what you ladies have to deal with, obviously. But, oh, for sure. But don't, like, don't, you know, under... Oh, uh, no. Y'all's, y'all's oh, emotions. Because no. men have it just as bad, but... Some of them motherfuckers, though. Toxic masculinity is a yes. disease. Like, it is. It most certainly is. It's an issue. It men to women, men to men. It's just. It's just. It's just like everyone needs to take a chill pill. Some guys need to take a chill pill. Just be, be human. <laughs> because with guys, we have to be. There's a there's a standard set where we have to be the tough guy. Show no emotion. Be hard as a rock. And you just can't. Yeah. 
So even the stereotype of being a typical male is a bunch of garbage. Yeah. So like, can we all just be human and treat each other equally and not have to be put into these fucking stereotypes of whatever they may be? Cookie cutter attitude. It is. And it goes back to, dare I say it, religions and how old cultures treated each other and how they put men in one corner and women in another corner and how they weren't, how they didn't like mend and how like women were second class citizens and men were expected to act this way or, oh, if there's an issue, don't talk about it. Keep it in the house. Keep it to yourselves. Isn't it crazy that with that being said, you know, how you mentioned where men um, have to have like this muy macho um, masculinity, masculinist to them, um, where some men just want to be feminine, like be in touch with their more feminine side, like to soften themselves up. And women, on the other hand, like, uh, yeah, I'm comparing this to myself again. We have to masculate ourselves a little bit to to show off like the fact that we're strong it's like we're strong willed and there's really nothing you can do that can change my mind about the fact of how I feel about myself it's it's crazy how we have to like kind of shape and mold our personalities to fit in with the areas that we're in because I grew up in an area where if you were soft the fucking hood would eat you alive Mm mm-hmm and mind you too i grew up in an area where motherfucker i was like the quiet type i was like the quiet shy girl on the fucking west side of san antonio (laughs) and like everybody around me was just so fucking gangster and hood and it was just like why am i here (laughs) i don't even belong here (laughs) but as you grow older in um in that setting you kind of have to harden yourself up yeah. Mind you, I had to. I moved because, I mean, my fucking family over there is just toxic, nestle, fucking mierda. And it's just, I had, I just, personally, I want to soften myself up because it's like, I protrude this masculineness to me where people, like, just automatically assume I'm a bitch and I'm a lesbian. Like. I didn't get any of that. You're just a boss-ass bitch. Thank you. Period. But, I you mean, boss. I get that a lot, though. It's like either I have a bitch face and an attitude or they just automatically assume I'm a lesbian. And I've dealt with that so much in high school. Yeah. Like everybody just automatically like assumed what I was into and whatnot. And I was like, <laughs> I just had to fucking toughen myself up because of where I came from. Because if like not somebody was going to beat you up, you just have to be intimidating. But I'm literally a marshmallow. <laughs> I'm a marshmallow. <laughs> and I got the opposite. Uh, when I was a kid in school, I was a softie. And I'm still kind of a mushy. I'm, I'm more into my emotions and yeah. what we were talking about. But the masculine, it had to be masculine shit. I'm not that at all. I was looked at as just gay. And of course, I am a very, very flamboyant bisexual man. And yeah. I was in the closet for quite some time. Because, not necessarily my family, because my family is very accepting. But for the fact of everyone else around me, uh, back in the day of, like, high school, people get the shit beat out of them for being flamboyant or being gay or whatever. 
being nothing but being non-straight. You get your ass beat for that. So around that attitude and shit, yeah, I couldn't very well do anything about that. I could, didn't want to come out or shit. So, but yeah, the whole masculine thing, that's too much work. No, it's too much. It's too much. It's like toxic masculinity. It's just too much. Yeah, and I get anxiety sometimes because if I like like somebody and I like try to, you know, show my emotions and feelings and shit, it comes off as like I'm not being serious about it and stuff. Yeah. And mind you, I'm still kind of confused on my path because I never really put a label on myself, but you don't have to. Yeah, and I really don't identify as anything, but I find all people attractive, but it's just the fact that so many people gendered me in high school. And it's crazy because the LGBT com- LGBTQ plus community was like, it was those people that just always identified me. And it's just like, if I haven't identified myself, like what makes you think, like they would say I was gender fluid or I'm a lesbian or people will call me a dyke sometimes. And it's just like, what the f- like I don't understand it's like I just never really spoke about this to people and they just automatically assume this of me yeah so that was just like one shitty thing I like how we're having like a heart-to-heart moment over this moment I mean over this movie (laughs) yeah I mean that's what this movie did it's supposed to it's supposed I'm assuming I, I mean I get the vibe it's supposed to spark the conversation of how the themes that this movie applies to today's society and how yeah. women are treated or how people are treated in general. Yeah. And I know I get you because with the whole, you need to decide your own journey. You, yeah. you are you. No one else is you. You want to take time. You want to, you're young. You want to figure out, you got time to figure out, or you might not ever want to put a label on yourself. And that's perfectly fine. Like I consider myself bisexual. I'm more into, uh, attracted to men than women but people just automatically assume that i'm gay full yeah. on just like homosexual because mm-hmm. i'm a lot very flamboyant very um Feminine. what do they call it i get well yes and no because i mean i'm very i don't think i'm that feminine no because no, my flamboyant my hand gestures and very animated but um <laughs> people just assume that i'm like straight up gay but i just tell people that i'm gay to make it easier instead of having to explain oh i'm bisexual i'm just attracted more to men than i am women and they're like oh you say bye now gay later and that goes that goes in the whole thing about bisexuals being disregarded by the lgbtq community or some of the people in there that don't think oh you're just bi now gay later and it's just like whatever but or they think it's just like a placeholder until you exactly figure out if you're more gay than or lesbian exactly yeah but at the end of the day you if you don't want to put yourself put a label on yourself and you just want to date people that you are attracted to girl do that you don't need to put a label on yourself if you don't want to period and don't let people put a label on you be like you're not me you're not in this body you're not in my head you don't know shit oh my god Ugh. this shit's getting so deep mind you we haven't just like fucking insulted each other <laughs> it's already right? been we have right? each other like we're so in touch with our oh fuck i uh this I'm podcast like just got deep oh fuck it got fucking personal as fuck i think i might cry to be honest 
Oh. I don't talk about this shit with anybody, and it's just, it's really, it's hard. And, like, this movie yeah. just, like, gave me Vietnam flashbacks of, like, the fucking battles I had to fight. Like, yeah. as a female, and then as a fucking... Whatever my sexuality is, it's just, it was a constant fight every day. And that's what this movie just reminded me of. And it was just, uh, it's so empowering. 10 out of 10. 10 out of fucking 20 out of 10 even. 20 out of 10? Huh? You say 20 out of 10? Hell yeah. I will give, yeah, I'll give this movie a, hmm. You know what? Yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, ten out of ten. You know, yeah, this is this movie's up there on my favorites list. Definitely yeah, up there. It really, it really invoked something in me. Is it? Is this a scary movie? Not really. Does it? Ha- it has a. It's a horror movie that has a lot to say, and it's very entertaining to watch it and to just be like, "Ooh, someone's gonna rock your shit." And when it actually happens, you're just like, "God damn it, Lila, you work it, honey." I mean, it has the occasional jump scare, so it does. That, but it's, it's it's a very well written film. It's a scary topic, though, so I consider that horror because, goddamn, I'm scared. Oh no, of it is feelings. Oh no, goddess. Oh no, I I mean I agree. I agree. It has very touchy themes that people don't really like to talk about. And this film takes the takes the um, curtain out from takes the carpet out from India and makes you, it makes people see the issues and deal with it, and hopefully start a conversation from this movie with the real world and the issues that represent that are reflected onto this movie that are reflected mm-hmm. in real life, yeah. about how religion has its. This movie does not make religion look good at all. And by all rights, it has a right to, because there are some major issues with how people are treated and how religion has... I'm sure this is these issues were around probably way before religion, but religion, all religions have not helped it in any way, shape, or form. Not just Christianity, not just Judaism. I'm, we're talking about, like, Greek, Norse, everything before... Everything before. Yeah. It just, it's been it's an ongoing awesome. thing in society yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's always, been, yeah, it's always, we always mention this too. Like, men in mythology, it's it's straight trash. And some <laughs> current men, I won't say all, but some men current days have those same beliefs. You're trash if you believe, you know, shit like that. It's just. Yeah. I don't mean to, like, trash on anybody's, like, beliefs and whatnot, but it's just, if you have that conservative mindset and all that, it's just narrow-mindedness, and it's just think about your daughter or your grandchildren, your granddaughters. Like, think about that. Or your mother. Yeah. Like, would you have, would you sit there and watch somebody call your mother, your daughter, your granddaughter a whore because she liked somebody and kissed them? A simple kiss. Yeah. Those her ankle. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was a thing back in the day. That was a thing back in the day. Showing the ankles was like showing your ankles or your wrists was looked was. Oh my God, that's such slutty behavior. Girl, you were the talk of the town if your ankle was you know flash. 
Oh my gosh, Imagine he's showing her ankles. <gasps> what a, oh, the what bone connected to the feet. Oh my god. I fucking hate you. Or in modern days, he's, oh my god, the girl's wearing a tank top. Men can't comprehend what's going on in class because they're too, they're oh. too infatuated by her shoulders. Honestly, the fuck are you Please. getting a boner about at a shoulder? You fucking weirdos. <laughs> That shoulder, that col- that collarbone does it for them, though. Oh my god! Oh yeah, you see that collarbone? Mm. Yes, girl, that bone be popping. The things I do to that goddamn shoulder. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So, this concludes today's programming. <laughs> this concludes today's programming on this magical journey that we took from. <laughs> <laughs> the ritual and then pure oh so thank you guys for joining us next week we're going to be watching i don't i don't oh wait no we're going to be watching the babysitter and ready or not Hell so yeah. what so watch those movies so babysitters on netflix ready or not is on hbo max so go watch those movies and get ready to join us next Saturday as we deep dive into those horror comedies. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, go listen to our other podcasts. Uh, the, the links and names will probably be in the description in the show notes of this podcast. Um, we have Tea of the Guys where we go over uh, mythology in depth. Uh, right now we're going over, we went over Greek mythology and right now this month we're going over Lovecraft. So go have fun over there and whatever podcasts, other podcasts are going on. Just have fun. (laughs) And uh, ending with Cordelia's final thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to our emotional and personal escapades at the end. Um, Shit was tough. Uh, If you listen and enjoy our shit, you know, thank you. Much appreciation. If you don't, send it to somebody you don't like. Have them waste their time. Um, exactly. If you have any, you know, fucking comments or um, anything you want to put on the input, you know, uh, feel free to, like, hit us up. Like, you know, let us know what you think, what's your thoughts, what's going on. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to give us a five-star rating. You know, all good things, all good things. We can handle constructive criticism. Don't be mean. Don't be bitter. <laughs> Don't, be bitter. Don't be bitter. Don't be Hera. Don't be a bitter bitch. <laughs> Don't be a fucking <laughs> pastor. I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking. <laughs> oh my god. Drag them. <laughs> no, but for real though, thank you for listening this far. Um, First off, a pastor would not be listening to this podcast. Thank god, because I mean, Pastor Joe, if you listen to this, I'm <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> That's the joke. How bad. I didn't mean to shame you. <laughs> no, but Frollo, appreciate y'all. Um, this does take a lot of time and effort. Yeah. Um, just the fact that you're listening to this kind of makes it all worthwhile. So exactly. hopefully you continue to enjoy our content. Um, yes. If all goes well, you know, with Miss Corona 2020. We can all have like a meet and greet and just like munch out at Subway. My sister works there. We get the hookup. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Could you imagine? 
one person pops up what's up oh why'd you be um never mind i was gonna put him out there mr Mr. peppy with flippy hair (laughs) he's our number one supporter (laughs) oh man i love him all right guys until next time bye bye with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.